This is the World Industrial News for Monday, November 21st, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part nine of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. So technology is going to come into every aspect of this because we have known to do these things for a number of years, but we simply lacked the basic tools and the basic platform to do them with. That is not true today. We have that technology. And this will be simply applying that technology to a known problem. It should be a very stable and high probability success project. Excellent. Thank you. And I know, you know, personally, we've had numerous delegations in from countries over the past few months that are all focusing on this topic and grid modernization. And, and Pat, you touch on it, right? I mean, even like the European energy shift and the potential that's there. Um, so thank you for that. And I think, you know, before we close out, it would be really great to hear from both of you and just um, get some of your final thoughts. Um, Mona, why don't you kick us off? You know, what are you hearing from some of the drivers in this space? I know you're you are you're knee deep into this this area. Um, any final thoughts from you? Absolutely. I think I just will reiterate what Pat said about the role of technology. I think everybody hopes and wishes to build transformational infrastructure for our country and generations to come. And we cannot do this if we do not truly build back better with technology. Um, all of us in the advocacy space uh, fought very hard to get software services, digitization, digitalization, monitoring and control language into the Infrastructure Investment Jobs Act. We wanted to make sure that those technologies would be eligible for programs like the Smart Grid Investment Grant Program, um, Transmission Facilitation Program, um, and, and a host of others. And so, you know, when working with the Gridwise Alliance um, and other trade associations, some of the crux of our work is to really convey back to the federal government hey, you said, you know, you said this stuff is eligible now. We want to just make sure as you're standing up these new programs um, that you're hewing to the legislative language and that we are really going to be able to have um, companies be able to deploy this cutting edge technology so that we really can build back better and modernize our grid. Um, another concern is that states um, are really struggling with staff, you know, just post-COVID, inflation, supply chain, everything that's just kind of converging right now, um, states are understaffed and they need staff in order to get these dollars out the door. And so that is why I encourage the stakeholder outreach to them because the more that they're hearing from the folks that are actually steeped in these issues and are helping others uh, troubleshoot them, um, the, the better this money will be spent and the more likely it is to be spent on, on technology. And so, I think to the extent, uh, if there are companies out there that have government relations teams in the states to really push for digitalization in those state legislatures and make sure that that is a theme that is running through your commentary um, with with these states. Uh, and and with that, you know, I, I think I'll just finally conclude with saying that, you know, let's just recognize that this is an unprecedented moment and we really do have a chance to take advantage of all of the great work that has been done by so many over the past decades. And so I, I'm hopeful um, that we will, in a couple of years, start seeing some really interesting uh, projects that are going to push us forward into the next energy landscape. 
To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. The management consulting firm Scott Madden Incorporated titled its fourth quarter energy industry update, Money, 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 borrowing the title from the Swedish pop group ABBA song from the 1970s. But it wasn't a bout of nostalgia that drove that titling decision. First, as Kristen Lyons, a partner and the firm's energy practice leader, told listeners on a November 9th webcast, money is what everyone in the energy industry is talking about. Second, with the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, and to a lesser degree, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act of 2021, the electric power industry is expected to spend an unparalleled, eye-popping amount of capital, particularly in the 2030s. Since its Quintana Island, Texas, liquefied natural gas production and export plants suffered an explosion and fire on June 8th, causing a plant-wide shutdown, Freeport LNG has been at work trying to bring the plant back online. Finally, an end may be in sight. On Friday, Freeport released a statement saying that work to bring all three trains and associated facilities back online was about 90% complete as of November 14th with all reconstruction work expected to be completed by the end of the month. Solar photovoltaic power will be the most cost-competitive renewable energy technology starting next year across much of Latin America, surpassing onshore wind power generation, according to a report by Wood McKenzie. For Brazil, however, it will take until 2025 for solar PV to displace onshore wind as the most attractive renewable energy source. And French minerals company Emery's is aiming to become one of Europe's largest producers of lithium with the discovery of a large deposit at its Beauvoir site in the Allier region of France. The new mining project called Emily aims to produce 34,000 tons of lithium hydroxide per year from 2028, making the company a leading supplier to the European battery market and a key player in the global lithium industry. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.